know I know people are out there and I've listened to the worship out when I haven't been here and it's pretty good but you have no idea how good it is in here tonight <laughs> David and Hannah can you come over to my house tonight and sing that song over me while I sleep <laughs> I would love that that's fine that's fine I'll just just keep looping it <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> Okay, second, we're going to pray for peace. We kind of wove in some things, but that's okay. So we're going to pay, pray for the shalom of Israel. In Exodus 23, 31, God establishes the borders of the promised land, which is 50, you can go ahead and put the slide up, which is 56,000 square miles. Right now they occupy 8,300 square miles. Okay, so if you're looking at the map, there's a little brown spot by the water in the middle. That's Israel right now. <laughs> See the red line? That's what God promised them, that they have never taken. That will probably be the new Jerusalem, I'm guessing, will be that land. And you see all the countries around it that fight her. And I wonder if spiritually they know it's not their land. I don't know, but I was just looking at all the countries. Is that amazing? They have like not even an eighth of what they should own by God's perspective, what he told them to take. Um, so when I hear, oh yeah, this drives me crazy. There was in, uh, after the 1963 um, Seven Day War, I think it was 63, was it 63, Jim? 66. 66, thank you. Jim's my history buff too. <laughs> in 1966, after the um, Seven Day War, uh, the UN made this uh, declaration, I forget what it's called, but, um, and ever since then, it's, it's kind of called Peace for Lands, and it makes my skin crawl. When Israel, that little dot, that she only has 8,300 square miles of her land right now, keeps giving back land that belongs to them for peace, that they should never be giving up. So in Leviticus 25, 23, the Lord commanded that the land must not be sold permanently because the land is mine and you reside, reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. 
And the crazy thing is they're not even selling it, they're giving it away. From the time they took the promised land with Joshua, they have been attacked 52 times, captured and recaptured 44 times, besieged 23 times, and destroyed twice. Since 1948, she has been in war eight times, and most of it has been over the land. And granted, the older ones in the Old Testament, God allowed a lot of it for her dis because of her disobedience, but he always brought her back. And I know there's a lot of controversy. Whose land is it, the Palestinians or the Jews? In Genesis 17, 18, Abraham wanted Ishmael to, Ishmael to get the land. He asked God to give it to him, and God said, no. My promise is with Isaac, and that's where the land's going to come through. I will take care of Ishmael. See all that land around Israel, that little tiny dot? That's Ishmael. That's his family. That's his descendants. They have all that land. They have oil. He has done a good job taking care of Ishmael. So my prayer is Psalm 122. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. May peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will say, may peace be within you for the sake of the house of the Lord our God. Again, he's saying we prosper. <laughs> it's just amazing. He gives us all these benefits to pray for her. So, Lord, it breaks my heart even when I hear people here that are not Muslim say Israel does not deserve that land. It's not her. She needs to give it up. It just kills me because they don't know and they don't understand that this land was given to her by you. They're supposed to take it. They're not taking. They didn't take it all with Joshua, and now they're still not taking it. I don't know what you have in store for her, Lord, but I do pray for peace. Pastor Rich might come up probably and talk about some of the peace treaties that are going on right now and some other stuff. I'll leave it for him because I'll just mess it up. But peace over this nation, this nation that has been at war so much and the Jews just all over have been persecuted so much. There is a reason because the enemy hates her and he hates the Jews because she is going to bring an end to him. So, Lord, I pray for peace. I don't know how else to say it. I pray for peace over her borders. You know, I pray every day for her. Lord, bring her peace. If anybody else wants to come up and pray. explosive prayer. Um, it's just a very simple kind of childlike prayer. Um, it's adapted from a, a um, it's like a, a monastic practice. It's called a loving kindness prayer where you uh, 
choose, um, you know, choose a somebody to direct it towards. It can be yourself, your family, your community, your country. Um, but you always start with yourself and then widen the circle out. So I'm not gonna go through all the different steps, but just think of it as like concentric circles and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So um, I was kind of going through it just to myself over in the corner um, when Stephanie asked um, or called us up to prayer. So I just wanna extend that to Israel. So the, the short list is basically, um, may Israel be happy, may Israel be healthy, and may Israel be safe and secure. Amen. tonight that your people would find you. God, we thank you for the blessing that you've put on them. God, we thank you for the covenant that you have with Abraham. And a covenant that you keep to this day. Lord, and I ask that your people would rise up Lord, and that they would represent their part of the covenant, God. Lord, I pray for all those men and women wailing at the wall. God, that their eyes would be open to see the answer. Thank you. 
Just give us a glimpse of your heart tonight for your children, for your people, God. Your longing for your children, for your children, for your children and their children. Oh, and their children and their children. Oh, for your children. Oh, they're not perfect, but he loves them. They're not perfect, but he loves them. Sometimes we think that um, it's futile to pray for peace, especially in that area. But if God's telling us to, that means it's possible. And so, God, I thank you. I speak peace to her borders. I speak peace to the very fabric of the lives of Israel that are in Israel, Father. Peace to relationships, not only between nations, but among neighbors. God, that they would begin to see one another as people and not as a Jew or a Muslim or a whatever, but they'd see them as people who were created by God. We speak peace to the land, peace to commerce, peace to travel. Father, that the people would be so weary of war that they'd beat, beat, beat their weapons into plowshares. And they wouldn't take up weapons any longer, but they would take up love. So, Father, we thank you for the possibilities of peace in Israel. We thank you that we might not know what that looks like, but you do. We thank you for the steps that have been made. We thank you for the people that pray on a daily basis for Israel and for peace there. And we thank you that you're a God who answers those prayers because you are a God who does love us. You love your people. You love, your, you love Israel 
You love the people that are called by your name. So we just thank you and praise you. Israel is such a, an amazing place. You know, if <clears throat> this direction is roughly south, if we were south of New York, you know, go 300 miles, and that would be Mount Hermon, and that would be, uh, you know, on the border of uh, uh, Israel and Lebanon. So Jerusalem here down through a valley, back up to the top of the mountain, only 300 miles. It's the longest point in the whole place, 300 miles long. And uh, from Tel Aviv over to uh, uh, the Golan Heights is only 90 miles. So it's it, it's widest, it's only 90 miles. Unbelievably small, yeah. Right now, there's a possibility for peace. You know, one of the best times one of the best seasons that has ever um, occurred in modern times for Israel to have peace with many of her neighbors. Uh, Egyptians, for example, uh, Bahrain and others have lined up and said, we will recognize that you have a right to exist. And um, that's a big improvement from you have no right to exist. Um, and so therefore they're beginning to exchange um, ambassadors and, and it's starting to, um, you know, have an effect. And uh, um, of course their big neighbor to the right of them or, or to the, uh, to the uh, uh, east would be um, uh, Iran. And Iran has uh, been a very difficult neighbor uh, for her for a long time. So since the six-day war, the Yom Kippur War, there's been this demilitarized zone on the Golan Heights. Uh, from there over to the border of Syria and uh, Iran. And um, the uh, Israelis uh, guard it uh, meticulously. But they'll, they'll show you their, their fence or their border and they'll, they'll notice, they'll make you notice that uh, on the inside of their walls, the inside of their fence, every place where they've got a barrier, there are roads where they uh, patrol them pretty regularly. And, and um, every day, twice or three times a day, they literally wipe down the, um, the dust with a machine so they can see footprints if someone comes across. And uh, one of the uh, military soldiers uh, mentioned to, to me and to a couple of others, he said, I want you to notice that there's no, there's no road on the other side of the fence or on the other side of the wall. You know why? Because we don't attack them. They're attacking us. It's a strange place, only 8% ultra-Orthodox. That's the guys in the black that you see at the wall. Can I just tell you that 
when I, on that Friday night when we went to the Western Wall and walked down, I just felt such a rush of the presence of God. And I said, I want to go down there. And I said, what will they do to me? And he said, I don't know. Why don't you go and see? So I just started walking through them and weaving through. And I, I tried not to disturb them. They were praying, you know. And um, somehow they just knew. They just opened up and let me come. And I, in fact, I was waiting in line to get to the actual wall so I could just lay hands on it and pray uh, a blessing over that wall. And um, um, a guy noticed that I was waiting for a little while. So he just moved out of the way and he said, come on over. You know, They were so welcoming. And I, I'm you're, you're talking about the ultra-Orthodox Jews. I mean... God loves Israel for her father's sake. It's, it's not anything Israel's doing right now. It's not anything they've done in the past. It's because God makes covenant. And he made covenant with her forefathers. And so he remembers that covenant, you know. Right now, today, they're fighting uh, uh, the COVID virus, uh, an outbreak again. Yesterday, they announced 7,000 new infections, and that's got everybody concerned, so they're shutting down all the synagogues for Yom Kippur. So you imagine their holiest day of the year, they can't be in their synagogues, and there's a big fight about that. Meanwhile, they have their own version of a Trump rally or protest um, with Benjamin Netanyahu, the uh, prime minister. Um, they consider him to be their Donald Trump, but they're two different men, believe me, trust me, but uh, he's being protested every day, his government, and, and so there's protesters gathering in large crowds, protesting and wanting him thrown out on corruption charges, and, um, and they're allowing that to happen, but the synagogues are being shut down, and they're saying, which one are we? Are we a democracy, or are we a Jewish nation, you know, and they're, they're struggling. They're really struggling with it. But if you ever get a chance to go, you really ought to, because it's just amazing. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. First of all, I, I want to pray. Uh, I want to end up by praying for her peace, but I want to start with praying about this COVID thing uh, that's going on there. And, um, by the way, I think we should do that probably here on Sunday. We should just say, hey, God, let's see this thing stop dead in its tracks, right? So uh, you, you prepare yourself for Sunday. <clears throat> Father, I thank you so much for, for Jacob, Israel, the contender, the wrestler, the one who contended with God and prevailed. Father, I, I just want to pray at this moment here right now for Israel, especially, especially all the Jews in Israel right now. I just want to pray for them. And Lord, I, I, I bear witness their testimony is true. The safest place on earth for a Muslim is in Jerusalem. And I just thank you for their, their testimony there. Now, 
now the place is not safe because of COVID. And so we're praying, Lord, that you would begin a process of um, removing that plague from them. And I ask that their synagogues would be open on Yom Kippur. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that they would have freedom of movement. I know this is really difficult for the ultra-Orthodox brothers. They, they have a really hard time with technology and trust. And so, Lord, I'm asking that you begin to speak to their hearts. And I pray, Lord, that as they pray for the nations, and I thank you that they pray for the nations of the world, I pray, Lord, that you would hear their prayer and turn this COVID virus thing around and bring it to an end. We pray for an end of it. Lord, I don't know and I don't care where it started, but I want it to end in Israel tonight, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would visit the place and that their hope would rise up and they would look for Messiah because you said one day they're going to figure it out that Jesus is Messiah. So, Lord, we pray that they would find Messiah. We ask you, Lord, to reveal yourself uh, during this time. Lord, when they're frustrated and they're so confused about what to do and who they are and what their identity is, I pray for a revival. Lord, I call upon the words of Malachi, who said, you have said, you don't love me, God. And God says, but I do love you. And you say, how do you love me? And the answer is, I chose you. Jacob have I chosen, Esau have I hated. What greater love than to pick them out and choose them? And so, Lord, I pray for their peace and I pray for their safety. And I ask, Lord Jesus, during this time, just because, Lord, I, I know that you said that, that, that men will talk about peace and safety, and then there come a sudden destruction, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't pray for it. So we do. We pray for peace. We pray for their safety. And we ask you, Father, that this wouldn't be the time of destruction. We pray, Lord, for their peace and their safety and for their families. Give them Lord Jesus, a respite and a, and a season, uh, a time of, of rest, of the real shalom, the real Sabbath. We pray, Lord God, for their Sabbath. And uh, in that Sabbath time, when they recognize that by the hand of God, they have peace on every hand and they have safety, that it was your good pleasure to rescue them. And I pray that they would call on you and be saved. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless what an incredible place and people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. There's two things that God dropped in my heart today, and one of them I won't go into right now, but one of them is in Malachi when he says, I hate divorce. I was telling uh, Linda before the service, uh, I, I, the Lord does hate divorce. And if you read Malachi closely, you'll see it's not just what they were doing to their wives. It's what 
it, it's, it's part of that problem that Ezra had to deal with where they intermarried with other people and, and Ezra actually said, you need to get rid of your foreign wives, you know, but actually uh, Malachi says, God, God hates divorce, you know, all kinds. But behind that, if you listen to the words of Malachi, and what I heard in prayer today was that God says, I hate this divorce that's between us. I hate this divorce that's in the world between us. That is between God and his people. Between God and you and I, he hates the divorce. He wants the marriage back. So, Father, we're asking that you would take your people to counseling. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bring your people into a place where they come before you and they are restored I pray, Lord Jesus, for the blessing of Hosea. I ask, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would hear Hosea's prayer as he prayed for Gomer. He said, Father, I, I want you to take away her backsliding. I want you to take away her adultery. I want you to take away her uh, proneness to uh, promiscuity. I, I want you to take away this nature of the adulteress. I, I want this to go away. Lord, I believe that you want us to go away from our divorcing you. I believe that you want this country. I believe that you want Israel. I believe that you want the nations of the world to return to you. We want to announce the end of the divorce and to, and, and, and to be able to declare the wedding feast of the Lamb. And the people uh, coming back to their God, people returning to it, because if we don't return to uh, the, our father's God and our fathers don't return to their children, you'll strike the earth with a curse. We want a blessing, not a curse. So I, I, I just uh, come against the divorce and I ask, Father, that you would remember the son, your son, who died uh, 2,000 years ago to end the divorce. Divorce. You died so that we could, so that the divorce would be ended and we would be reconciled. Now reconcile your people. Reconcile them. We speak unto you, Israel. Be reconciled unto God. Be reconciled unto God. We love you. We bless you. We pray for you. But you need Jesus. You need to embrace him. You need to welcome him. You need to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Lord, that goes for my country as well. Lord, and I pray, Lord Jesus, somehow there's this unique connection between our country and their country. And I don't know exactly how that works out in your prophetic timetable. But Lord, I pray that this country will keep blessing Israel no matter what. And keep working and laboring for their peace. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray that we'd find the blessing that... Israel's God is now our God. The root is holy. Therefore, the lump is holy. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Holy, holy, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a love story. <clears throat> It's a family matter. It's a family matter. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 
If you're watching on live stream, I'm going to just ask that you would join your prayers with ours. It's, this is just a moment where we just really want to come before the Lord and be honest with ourselves and be honest with him and with each other and just want to pray, oh God, bless that wonderful, wonderful country where we trace our heritage. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. And I've, uh, I really heard Stephanie's prayer there, and I, I'm asking that in the leadership in the Knesset and, you know, with uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and the, his uh, government he's putting together, I, Lord, I pray that they would they would make an agreement among themselves and a vow to you that they'll not give away one square inch for the promise of peace. That's a, that's a false dream. It never works. It never has worked. It never will work. So, Lord, I pray that they come to agreement. The land was given to them. It's their birthright. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I just want to remind Christians that, I mean, if you just study the history, I mean, I, everybody today, secular people want to say, you know, that, that Jerusalem was the, the birthplace, the home of three of the great faiths, you know, Islam, uh, Judaism, and Christianity. I, first of all, Islam doesn't belong there because... She came in later and occupied by force, built the Dome of the Rock. It's, it, it's not where they were birthed. They were burnt, birthed in Medina, you know, and not, not, not in Israel. So I just want to correct that. And secondly, even for us Christians, you know, uh, we're supposed to remember that even though the day of Pentecost happened in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church. We call that the birthday of the church. But, but with this promise that Jesus gave us, there was never any promise of land. Our home is an eternal place. It's not a strip of land that we have to fight for or to defend. So I, I take objection to the, you know, it, Jerusalem is the birthplace of of Judaism and Judaism alone. Everybody else is squatters. Everybody else has come in. And Christianity is was a sect of Judaism, but but it's their land. It's their land. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Didn't he do a better job than if I did it? <laughs> he explained it to me. I'm like, I am not going to say it like you can say it. <laughs> and he got to go to Israel, and now I want to go. Okay, so the last thing we're going to pray for, if I can find it, is salvation. And like I said, we've been weaving in and out of this, and that's okay, because these three points really need to be prayed, and everybody has their own perspective over it, and that's fine. 
So I did a little research, and as of this year, 2020, and pastors kind of touched on it, there are 14.4 million Jews in the world, and 47% of them are in Israel. That little place, that's crazy. I had to read it twice. I'm like, what? I'm guessing the rest of them are probably here, most of them. Anyway, uh, Jews over the age of 20, 43% of them are self-identified as secular. That's a lot. 22 as traditional, but not very religious. That's kind of like the Christians who go for Easter and Christmas to church and every other time they're, you know, they just go for the high holidays. That's probably the same thing. That's how I grew up. You just go, you just went for the high holidays. You didn't do it all the time. And then the rest, which is not a lot, I, I think you said 2%, um, are traditional Orthodox. Um, that is the ones you see in black and who are faithful to the Lord. So uh, I hope I do this justice because Pastor Rich explained this to me. So in Romans eleven twenty five it says, Paul said, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may be not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come. So what it's saying is Paul realized that the Jews were going to not accept, that God knew they would not accept Jesus or Yeshua, but it was going to be to the Gentiles um, good that they will be brought in. I'm a Jew. Somebody prayed for us. I have no clue who. I don't know. Could have been, I have no clue. But my mother brought all of us in, and, and we have all accepted the Lord, and I've been walking with the Lord since I was 13. Um, but I personally, I grew up in a very Jewish neighborhood, know that not only do they not know Jesus, but a lot of them are secular now. This, my generation, starting with my generation and coming below it, they're not even going to church, uh, church, sorry, to synagogue anymore. They believe they're Jews, and I can't figure this out, and I've had arguments with them. They say they're Jews by heritage. And I guess Judah is a tribe, and, and from what I understand, the Jews are from the tribe of Judah, and I'll be corrected if I'm wrong. Um, so if you're going to say it that way, yes, I'm from the tribe of Judah, yes. But it's a religion, it's a belief in God, but they'll say they're Jews, but they have no belief in God. They don't believe there's a God, they don't believe there's a heaven, and that just, it's fascinating, and it just amazes me, not in a good way. So my prayer, and my prayer as a Jew, I'm going to pray for the Jews in Israel, the 47%, and the Jews here in this country who have really no connection with Israel, which is amazing. It just amazes me that they don't talk about it. They, I see them on Facebook. They, ha they have no connection with this country of Israel. They don't call it their home. I call it my home. I don't live there, but I call it my home. I wish I could. So Father, I come before you and I plead I plead with you, you allowed me and my family to come and our eyes were opened. I plead, 
for this 47% that does not know you? That their scales would fall off their eyes. How are they going to know Yeshua if they don't believe in you, Father? How could they ever come, Lord? So, Father, I pray that their eyes would be open to the miracles that not only that you did perform, that you're performing in Israel right now. That was a barren land when they came in, in 1948, Lord. And now look at it. It's thriving. You turned a desert into a thriving nation. I forget how many Jews have won the Nobel Peace Prize and how much is coming out of Israel medically and, and um, militarily, Lord. You have blessed them with wisdom. The Jews in, in New York, the Hasidic Jews, run the diamond industry in Israel, in, in New York. You have put them in charge of diamonds. If you need a diamond, you're going to a Jew to buy one with the little curly things and the hat. Um, I like to call them dreidels. They have a name, but. Um, so, Lord, I pray that their hearts will be opened to know that if you're a Jew, you have to believe in God, that they will not have hardened their hearts, Lord. Somewhere there was a break from the generation before me to this generation, Lord, that they did not, like the song they were singing, they didn't pass it down, Lord. I'm praying that you will come in the midst and pass it down to this generation, to my generation, so they will pass it down to their children and pass it down to their children, that this, the, the gap will be gone, Lord, and that they will start believing in droves, and that their eyes, once they start believing you, Father, their eyes will be open to Yeshua, who is the Messiah. And I pray that over Israel, Lord, that this 47% is going to flip, and it's going to be 47% believe in the Father. And I would love to hear 47% believing that you are the Messiah. They will one day. They will one day. And I know you have a plan for that. But, Lord, I pray over their hearts that they would believe at least in you, Father. That they would believe in the covenant of Abraham with you, Father. And Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and all the way down the line to David and all the way through to you, Jesus. They have to change. I, I, I just, my heart grieves, Lord. I just cry out to you to change this, to make a miracle happen and let their eyes be open to you. If you want to pray for the salvation, you can come up. Thank you, Father you're not a respecter of persons there's many Jews that love you and are saved so I pray oh father God for those Jewish that have not received you yet father you died for all and your heart's desire is that none would perish but I know it's by your spirit 
that you reveal yourself in your timing. So I pray that you would do that today, for the day of salvation is today. Lord, in that great nation where you walked, anything that you touched, I don't know how anyone could see you and not believe in you or touch what you touched or walked where you walked and not be transformed. So Holy Spirit, do as only you can. They're stuck in customs, rituals, and traditions. But when they read their Old Testament, you're revealed through it. So I pray that as they do these customs and they read this holy word, that it would make sense to them, that it would become alive to them, and that they would see you and receive you, Father. So we're thanking you for all that you're doing in and through this great land. In Jesus' name. Father, as we bring our prayer service to a close, I pray that you would just put a reminder in our hearts so that our prayers don't end tonight, but they continue to go on for hours and days and weeks and months. I pray, Father, that we would always be aware Father, that you're always working. And I pray that you would answer the prayers that have been offered tonight, that you would answer them quickly. Father, I was just reminded that there is a partial hardening over the Jewish people until the completion of the Gentiles comes. But Lord, I know that you do a great work in the midst of that. Tonight, I pray that you would lift that veil. And as was prayed tonight, that you would reveal yourself. Even through the Old Testament law. Father, as the Jewish people await, I pray that one by one, that they would all come to know Jesus. Because you said one day all Israel would be saved. Father, tonight I also pray for the Jewish people here in our nation. I thank you for those that are saved. And tonight you've impressed on me to, to pray for, for missionaries. Because, Lord, how will they know? How will they hear unless someone brings them the good news? So I pray for those, Father, that you've already saved Father, that you would raise up missionaries. Lord, we thank you again tonight for all that you've done in and through us tonight. Father, I pray that we would remain strong in our prayers for the nation of Israel. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you again for your spirit, and we thank you for your word and all the promises that have been given to us tonight. And we bless you, and we worship you, and thank you for our salvation. May we never forget, Lord, the cost, not only for us, but for everyone. I thank you that you're a God of love. You're not a God of hate. You love everyone. And so tonight, I just pray that that love would be manifested first and foremost in your people. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>